0: Amen, yeah praise him guys um so yeah we are carrying on our series on the on the small things and yeah and and really on on how god uses those small things so i guess the first week we looked at you know god uh, using the uh, two loaves sorry the uh, yeah the uh, five fish and the two loaves uh last week uh, powerfully uh, we uh, we we heard about Elijah and the small cloud, and really about positioning ourselves to to see the manifestation of what we are praying for, and so so much more um, from last week. And today uh, we we're, we are going to get we are going to get into another Bible story, and I'm quite enjoying um, you know getting into these Bible stories. I just love like certain stories in the Bible, um, and there's a couple that I haven't revisited in a long, long time, and today is one of those stories. Uh, so yeah, we're going to be looking at the story of Gideon um, today, and we are going to be looking at really what um, the um, Spirit has to say to us through the scripture. Um, so yeah, So, yeah, so that we're going to read from chapter 6. Um, From verse 1 to 10, Hosea, you're going to read that.
1: The people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian overpowered Israel. And because of Midian, the people of Israel made for themselves the dens that were in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. For whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. They would encamp against them and devour the produce of the land as far as Gaza, and leave no susten- sustenance in Israel, Israel, and no sheep or ox or donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents. They would come like locusts in number. Both they and their camels could not be counted, so that they laid waste, so that they laid waste the land as they came in. And Israel was brought very low because of Midian, and the people of Israel cried out for for help to the Lord. When the people of Israel cried out to the Lord on account of the Midianites, the Lord sent a prophet to the people of Israel, and he said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I, I led you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of slavery, and I delivered you from the hands of the Egyptians and from the land of and from the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in, the, in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice.
0: Amen. Thank you, Hosea. Yeah. So um, verse, verse 1 to 10 really sets the scene of what is going on. Um in Israel um, in this time. and um, yeah, the Midianites are oppressing Israel and and I think what I found interesting was that they weren't as such uh, you know battling against Israel, you know, trying to, yeah, they 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 weren't as much trying to battle against Israel, but the Bible speaks about them just coming in and you know taking their crops destroying their sustenance almost destroying their economy uh, per se uh, to the point where the bible says that they were brought low that they were brought low and something else which is said um, in this in this kind of opening statement in the book of judges is that they were they were given into the hand of the midianites and as and as we know, and as we read so many times in the Bible, you know, the children of Israel were, you know, um, shown great works by the Lord. He would, you know, save them and then they would go back. He would save them and he would go back. He would save them and, and, and he would go back. And I guess this, this, this story highlights just another time where, where they went back. Um, where they went back to their old ways in fact the Bible says that they were serving idols they were serving false gods Uh, and the Lord brought them into the hands of the Midianites so that they would turn so that they would turn from their ways and so they could begin to acknowledge uh, that God was the true God Um, so again I just want to set the, uh, the 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 picture uh, they are trying to sow crops when they sow crops. Their crops are getting mashed up. They are bringing uh, their, their camels to the river. Then the Midianites knights are coming and oppressing their camels and, and stopping them from growing. In fact, the Midianites camels were without number. They were coming and just draining all of the resources from the land. And the Bible says that it was for seven years, for seven years. So I, I just want to paint the picture of what is going on before we introduce uh, the main uh, protagonist uh, for this story. Um, let's read on. Um, we're going to read from Judges chapter six, verse eleven, uh, all the way to twenty-seven. I believe that was Joseph. So that's Judges, still chapter six. We're going to read from chapter. Sorry, from verse eleven to. Twenty-seven. Joseph, the floor is yours.
2: Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Ophrah, which belonged to Joseph the Abbez, right. while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the wine press to hide it from Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Please, sir, if the the Lord is with us, why then has all this wonderful, why has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hands of Midian.'" And the Lord turned to him and said, go in, go in this month of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you? And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. And he said to him, if now I have found favour in your eyes, then show me a sign that it is you who speak with me. Please do not depart from here until I come to you and bring out my present and set it before you. And he said, I will stay till you return. And Gideon went into his house and prepared a young goat and unleavened cakes and f fat of of flour. The meat he put in the basket, and the broth he put in a pot, and brought brought them to him under the terebinth, and presented them. And the angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened cakes, and put them on this rock, and pour the broth over them, and he did so. Then the angel of the Lord reached out the tip of his staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened cakes. And fire sprang from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened cakes. And the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. Then Gideon perceived that that he was the angel of the Lord. And Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace be with you, do not fear, you shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace. To this day it still stands in Ophrah, which belongs to the Abbezarites. That night the Lord said to him, Take your father's bull and the second bull, seven years old and put down the and pull down the altar bell that your father has, and cut down the asara that is beside it, and build an altar to the Lord your God on the top of the stronghold here, with the stones laid in due order. Then take the second bull and offer it as a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah that you shall cut down. So Gideon took ten men of his servants and did. As the Lord had told him, because he was too afraid, but because he was too afraid of his family and the men of the town to do it by day, he did it by night.
0: Amen. Thank you, Joseph. Very, very large portion of scripture. I read that really well. Um, so much, so much um, in this scripture. So much, and um, there's some things I'm going to point. Uh, to and there's other things which I'm not going to go too much into, um. So they just because I could, yeah. There's just a lot in the scripture. I guess firstly I just want to highlight um, a couple of things. So we have Gideon, um, um, and he is just working. He's he's hiding some wheat, and uh, yeah, he's he's he he's hiding some wheat from the Midianites. And the, uh, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord appeared to him and he said, and this is from verse 11, the Lord is with you, almighty man of valor. And um, I really love that bit um, for so many reasons. And I guess the main reason that I really love that bit is number one, the angel of the Lord called him a mighty man of valor and he had yet done nothing of valor. I really want us to to hold that and read this and just really grasp it. That the angel of the Lord came and said, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. He had done nothing of might, he had done nothing of valor, but he was seen in the eyes of heaven as a mighty man of valor. And the word valor is is not just uh, 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 doing something great, but it actually means um, heroic courage. So those who get uh, may, may, maybe medals of valour are those who not just do something of note, but they, but they do something heroic. Maybe it's one person in a, in a war going to save his comrades who are, who, 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 who have been uh, maybe kidnapped uh, by the enemy. He's the angel of the Lord has called this man heroic. He has called this man a mighty man, mighty being full of power. And he has done nothing. And I think what that really brings to my awareness and to our awareness is that there is stuff inside of us which we are not aware of there is stuff which the lord has deposited in us which we are unaware of until the time comes for us to challenge something until the time comes where 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 sometimes we've had enough and there's a reason. Per se, to uh, bring it forth. Verse 14 uh, says, And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you. He, like, the angel of the Lord is saying, Go in the might that is yours. So there was already a might in Gideon, which he didn't realize. He was, he was already heroic, but he didn't realize it yet. And we know that he didn't realize it yet because the Bible says that after he says, you know, Gideon, go in, you know, you are a mighty man of valor, you know, he starts to talk about, you know, where have you been, God? Have you, have you forsaken us? Can you not see what is happening? And then Gideon even goes as far to say, you know what? But I'm like one of the smallest in my clan. This is verse uh, 15. And he said to him, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least in my father's house. So we've got a conundrum here we've got the angel of the Lord and I'm not going to preach on the angel of the Lord today, just just because there is so much about just the phrase, the angel of the Lord. Um, But what I want to, uh, to suggest that he was not just talking to a angel Uh, and the Bible makes a distinction between angels and the angel of the Lord. Um, And we see further that when, that when Gideon realizes that it was the angel of the Lord, the Bible says that he became fearful because he was thinking, man, I've seen him and I'm about to die. So this was not just a angel, but he saw the angel of the Lord. Um, So yeah, I digress a little bit. Where was I? So yeah, but I will be with you and you will strike the Midianites as one man. So here we have Gideon who is being called a mighty man of valor. You're you're a man of courage. You're a man of might. But then we have Gideon coming up with all of the reasons why he is not. Gideon is coming up with all of the reasons why he's not that person. The angel of the Lord is saying, no, you are this person. And not only are you this person, I'm going to be with you. But Gideon is spending his time saying, but I'm the smallest of my rank. In my my village, in my crew, we are are the weakest people. And I just love uh, 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 God's answer in 16, but I will be with you. That sounds so small in the face of Gideon's fears, in the face of, his apprehension, in the face of his confusion, I believe the Lord affirmed twice or three times, but I'm with you. I will be with you, though. But I'll be with you. Okay, I know you're afraid, but I'll be with you. I am the uh, defining factor in this. Because I'm with you, you will be able to do all of the things which I'm calling you to do. You as one man will be able to do it. Not because of where you came from, but because of where I'm calling you to. And then we read on. Um, and then another incense of fire where Gideon comes and, and the uh, Bible says that he brings some meat and some broth. He puts it on a rock. He pours the broth on the rock because, you know, he needs a sign. He needs a sign because he's in... He's a he's in he's in unbelief, and the Lord gives him a sign just to really confirm um, that you know this is true, and and he has really been called. And after this happens, uh, from verse twenty five, uh, the Bible speaks about the Lord telling him to go uh, 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 to go outside and tear down the idols in the back and. I definitely feel, especially from from a last week, there definitely being a theme um, just about idols and idols being pulled down. And so the Lord tells him to go into his father's garden to pull down the idol of Baal, to pull down the idol of Asherah, and to not only do that, but then to use to use the fragments of Asherah to then build. Uh, 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 a, um, a, a, a altar unto the Lord which I'm going to talk about later but I, I, I want to talk about verse 27 so Gideon took 10 men of his servants and did as the Lord told him but because he was too afraid of his family and the men of the town to do it by day he did it by night so we've got Gideon you mighty man of valor Gideon, you man of heroic courage and we've got Gideon being shook and we've got him being fearful but you're a man of courage and we've got him being fearful he had an encounter but he was still fearful afterwards he saw fire but he was still shook off. But, and, and I guess here is the most important thing. But he did it. But Gideon got it done. The Bible says that he was too shook to do it in the day. But he did it in the night. But the most important thing is that he did it done. Sorry, he got it done. He did what the Lord had told him to do. And, I went and when I read this, I remembered all of the times where I felt the Lord was telling me to do something, but I was sh- but, but I could feel fear and, and there was no boldness in me. Do you know what I mean? There was no boldness in me, but then I did it anyway. But then I did it anyway. And I guess one of the encouragement that I want to encourage us is to not bow down to that fear. He was afraid, but he did it. And I want to encourage us that just do it. Just do what the Lord is telling you to do, even if you're scared. Even if you're like, oh man, I don't know. Like there's a person there. I really want to talk to that person about the gospel, you know, I really want to pray for this person, but I'm not, but I'm not too sure. Just do it because we will learn throughout this story that as Gideon just does the thing that is in front of him, he begins to grow in boldness. He begins to grow in conviction and he begins to grow in his understanding of who he is. Don't wait to feel sure certain there's there are some moments where you just need to do it if God's telling you to do it then you just need to do it if you can't do it in the day then do it in the night but do what he told you to do let's read on so we've got Gideon He he's now found that he's a mighty man of valor he's now pulled down the altars in his father's garden or in his father's house. He's pulled down Baal, he's pulled down the Asherah, and he's now building an altar unto the Lord. Can someone read from verse 28 to 35?
3: When the men of the town rose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was broken down, and, and the Asherah beside it was cut down. And a second ball was offered on the altar that had been built. And they said to one another, Who has done this thing? And after that they ha- had searched and inquired, they said, Gideon, the son of jo- Josh, mm-hmm. has done this thing. Then the men of the town said to Josh, Bring out your son, that he may die, for he has broken he just down, broken down, the Esherah beside it. But Josh said to all who stood against him, Will you con- contend for Baal, or will you save him? Whoever contends for him shall be put to death by morning. If he is a good girl- god, let him contend for himself, because his altar has been broken down. Therefore, on that day, Gideon was called Sherable, that is to say, let all contend against him, because he broke down his his altar. Now all the Midianites and all the Amalekites and and the people of east came together, and they crossed the Jordan and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. But the but the spirit of the Lord. Cross Gideon, and he sounded the trumpet, and uh, the were called out to follow him. And he sent messages throughout all men, manasal, and they too were called out to follow him. And he sent messages to Asher, Zeb, Zebulun, and Naphtali. Hmm. And they went up to meet them.
0: Amen. Thank you, Amy. Um, a lot of um, interesting names um, in that scripture. So yeah, the um, as as we can see, the uh, the uh, story is changing. Uh, there's an intensity uh, 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 occurring. Um, the Bible says that when the men of the town rose up early. They saw what had happened. And um, verse 33, because of what Gideon done, because of that small act of pulling down an idol,
3: uh,
0: two idols, Baal and Asherah, in his father's uh, area in, in the town. The Bible says in verse 33, Now all the Midianites and the Amalekites, And the people of the east came together, and they crossed the Jordan and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. That small act of obedience unto the law, unto the Lord, started a war. It started a war. Just a small act of pulling down that idol in his father's company in the community started a war, just that small act. Not only, and this is something that I didn't really, really notice, it wasn't just the, the, the act of pulling down the idol which started a war, but in conjunction with building an altar onto the Lord. So not only did he pull down the idols of Baal and Asherah, but he also built an altar onto the Lord. What's that altar? Uh, some things which come to mind when we think about an altar. It's a gateway. An altar is a gateway. The uh, the children of Israel would go to the altar to, to a sacrifice, and that sacrifice was a way to communicate, uh, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, to communicate with God, and 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 to show their repentance. And for there to be an interaction between uh, 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 the heavens and on earth, it was a gateway. It wasn't just a, a altar wasn't just a gateway, it was a place of influence. It was a place of influence, it was a place of communication. It wasn't just a place of communication, A altar was a place of remembrance. When the Lord would take the children of Israel out of something, or even Gideon as we read earlier on in chapter 6, he then built, a, he then built an altar unto the Lord. Jacob, there are so many scriptures of the children of Israel building memorials or altars unto the Lord so that they can remember. And, and then lastly, uh, the altar uh, signified who was blessing a land a altar was, would signal who is blessing a land and who was ruling. So, so we, I just want us to catch the prophetic act that not only did he pull down the rulership of Val and Asherah in that space, but he then built up and erected an altar unto the Lord, which was a direct act of war because you're now saying, Yahweh rules over this area. Yah- Yahweh is king. Yahweh is going to be the blesser over this area. And the Midianites were not happy about that. In fact, from verse 32, the Bible says that, therefore Gideon on that day was called Jer- Jer- Jerubabel." Which literally means let Baal contend against him because he had broken down this altar. I really want us to grab this, guys. Because of the small act of breaking down this altar, Gideon is now warring against a god, he's warring against a principality because he just did the thing in the night. Still a bit shook, but he just began to walk in the identity which the Lord had given him. He's now brought a war to the region, such a war that they're now saying that only, only a principality can contend against him. The level of this man is not that a man can contend against him. I really want to grab. It. They're not saying we need like man needs to contend against him. They're saying Bell needs to contend against him. Because what he's done is so out- outlandish and so courageous that Bell himself has to deal with this man. And all he did was pull down an idol in his father's house. And he was given, I just love that name, Jerubabel. Bell. Let Bell contend against him. He got a new name. So he was known all around the region, even though we call him... Gideon, people just started saying, yo, Jerubabel, let Bell contend against him. That is how much uh, chaos he brought by just pulling out one idol. Verse 34. But the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon and he sounded the trumpet and the Abizarites were called out to follow him. Not only did he do something courageous, I really want us to remember this same Gideon who was in verse 15. In verse 15, he said, I'm of the smallest tribe of Manasseh. Now the spirit of the Lord is clothing him and is is upon him. He's beginning to walk in who he is. To the point where now there's such a boldness on him because he stepped out and done the thing the Lord had told him to do. He's now commanding the different cities, the different regions. But he's still from the smallest tribe. That has not changed. That hasn't changed. He's still from Manasseh. But what's changed is something internally has changed in him something internally has changed in Gideon as he stepped out and did that thing which the Lord wanted him to do. And on a side note, um, you know, in verse uh, 34, I kind of digress when it says, but the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon. If you uh, actually read that verse in the original language, it speaks of um, God wearing, uh, wearing Gideon like a glove. That's what it means that when the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon, it's likened onto a hand going into a glove, just being taken control of, filled, uh, so that he's able to do the things where the Lord is calling him to do. I'm going to read on. I'm not going to read this part, but from verse. 36 all the way to 40. The Lord uh, 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 affirms again to Gideon that, you know, he's called to, to conquer Israel. Sorry, sorry, to save Israel. Um, and Gideon does something. And I, I really want us to grab a hold of this. Gideon still says to the Lord, Lord, you know, I need you to show me another sign, man. I need you to show me another sign, dude. Like I'm going to get a fleece and I'm going to put it on the ground and when I wake up I want the fleece to be wet but the ground to be dry. The Lord does that. Then Gideon says again to the Lord, "Okay, Lord. Just show me one more thing though. I want the I, I want the fleece to be dry and I want the floor to be wet." And the Lord does that. And I guess One thing which the Lord really brought to my heart and, and, yeah, really brought to my heart was that Gideon had encounters, but he was still unsure. And there are times where I'm like, God, like, I want to encounter you. And I want to see great and miraculous things. And that's still my heart's desire. But those encounters do not equate uh, 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 they do not mean that you will not be in unbelief I really want us to grab a hold of this having those encounters do not equal faith they do not equal that you will not be in unbelief in fact the thing which will determine uh, that you are secure is in verse 12 is in verse 14, is in verse 16, is that the Lord is with you. Not only that is the Lord with you, but that you know him. If we look at the great men of God in the Bible, that not only did things, but were sustained. The Bible speaks about them knowing God. They knew him. They knew him. Israel knew the acts of God, but Moses knew the ways. And I, 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 I want us to, I really want to encourage us that as we pursue encounters with the Lord, that our heart's desire burns more to know him, to know his ways, to know him. Because as we see with Gideon, the Lord has already done and maybe we would say, God, even if you did one of those things, I would burn for you forever. I would go out of my house right now and just begin to run and just begin to speak in tongues and just begin to call fire. But what we see is that's not enough. It's not enough. This is not. And I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. God wants to know us and wants us to have security in knowing him and being known by him. And something else that I want to, yeah, highlight from this scripture with uh, Gideon is the Lord heard the cry of his people. And the Lord is simply looking for someone who he can give the enemy into their hands. He's not looking for the best, the brightest. He's just looking for someone that he can give the enemy into their hands. That's that's what he wants to do. And I think as Daniel says, God does the heavy lifting, but he wants to co-labor with us. Let's carry on. Let's go from chapter seven. And this is one of the main bits, which I guess you guys have, have, have all been waiting for. But as I began to read this story, I began to get less impressed. Less impressed. Yeah, less impressed. And by the end, I believe you'll know why. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's good. It's, yeah, it's a nice story. So Gideon is about to go against the Midianites. The floor, the stage is set, the battle is about to commence. He, he has sounded the call uh, 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 to his brethren and they've all gathered. And chapter 7 begins to, to speak about it. And there's about uh, 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 22,000 of them. And in verse 2, the Lord says, the people with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into your hand lest israel boast over me saying my own hand has saved me the lord wants the glory number one number one the lord wants the glory number two the lord wants to reveal to us that him being with us is adequate resource The fact that the Lord is with us is adequate resource for us to get the job done. We think we're under resourced when we have the source. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. As we like to say, he doesn't want the children of Israel to be like the other kingdoms who who count up their troops and say okay so we got 22,000 therefore i can only do uh, as much as someone can do with 22,000 but he wants us brothers and, and sisters to be a people who don't count who don't count what we have in the sense of it determining what we are able to do he, he wants us to count what we have, but to have our eyes on him, to know how he can use that resource to, to, to deliver and to produce his will. And it's my favorite bit about, about to come up. So the Bible says that, you know, uh, he said, anyone who's shook, go home, t- straight. He said, whoever is fearful, go home. 10,000 remaining. The Lord said, you know, it's, it's, too, it's, too, it's still too many, brother. I want you to take them to the water. And, ones, and I want you to, you know, see how they drink it. And the ones which I point out, those would be the people who I'm going to use. And the Bible says that there was only left 300 men. 300 men. And I want to read from verse 9. Actually, do I want to read from verse 9? Yeah, I want to read from verse 9. That same night, the Lord said to him, arise, go down against the camp, for I have given it into your hands. But if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant, and you shall hear what they say. And afterwards, your hand shall be strengthened to go against the camp then he went down with Purah his servant to the outpost of the armed men who were in the camp and the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the people of the east lay along the valley like locusts he's seeing the enemy they are like locusts and their camels were without number as the sand that is in the seashore in abundance but here it is when Gideon came behold a man was telling a dream guys I want us to grab a hold of this and he said, behold, I dreamed a dream and behold, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian and came to the tent and struck it so that it fell and turned upside down so that the tent, so that the tent lay flat. And his comrade answered and in answering his comrade is giving his friend the interpretation of the dream. This is no other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. God has given, God has given into his hand Midian and all the camp. One thing that really stirred me about the scripture was that the enemy knows who you are sometimes before you do. In fact, the enemy already knew he was finished. That's what they literally the the, the, the the enemy had prophetic insight that they were already given into the hands of Gideon. They already knew they were done. They said this is the man of Israel, this is none other than the sword of Gideon. The enemy knows who we are sometimes before we do. The enemy knows who we are. But here it is. He will still contend against us just in case we don't. The enemy knows he's done. He knows that when you open up your mouth, things happen. But he'll come against you just in case you don't believe it. Just in case you have doubt, just in case you have second thought, he will still contend against you, even though he already knows he's finished. And this is what I felt the Lord just saying to me so many times. Why are we afraid of an enemy he has given into our hands? He's literally given us. that like, here's the enemy, guys. He's yours. Just like a present. Here's the present. He has given the enemy into our hands, guys. Mm. Given the enemy into our hands. We are mighty men and women of valor. Mm. Called to do courageous things. Mm. And the enemy knows this. but he he does he doesn't want you to know that's why we need to spend so much time knowing god being with him so that we might really know who we are so that when these things arise and here it is gideon is a mighty man of valor he's chosen but he's still going into a battle just because you're mighty and you're victorious doesn't mean you're not going to have a battle we're not fighting for victory but we're fighting from victory Mm. because we know that the enemy has been given into our hands, I just love that bit the enemy has been given like imagine imagine like you were about to play a a football match and you went to the changing room of the opponent and they were like man we can't handle this team man Man, we're finished Mm. Jesus man we just need to pray that we just get you know to the 90 minutes in in one piece how much courage would arise that is what the enemy is doing he knows he's finished every time he sees us he's like oh man, nah. this is this is the sword of Maria oh gosh this is none other than the sword of Chloe coming Coming to destroy the tent. This is none other than the, than the sword of Freddy coming. And God has given us into his hands. We're winding down. I'm even skipping some of the story, be be cause of time, because the Bible says that. Uh, Gideon took the 300 and he separated them into camps of 100. So Gideon led a hundred men and they surrounded the encampment of the enemy. And though the Bible says that Gideon tells the people, do as I do. I just want us to remember the same Gideon who was in verse, I believe, 14 of chapter 6, who said, I'm the least, I'm the smallest now Gideon through that one act of doing something while he was still shook is now in the place where he's telling people don't imitate me I want us to grab that he's now he's now so filled with confidence he's now saying guys do exactly what I'm doing he has torches and the Bible says they take some jugs and they break the jugs and they start to shout a sword for Gideon and a sword for the Lord and, and the, and the uh, Bible said that the Lord turned the sword of the enemy against each other. I don't even know what that means. But in my head, I see people in their tents waking up in pitch darkness, just seeing torches, them rubbing their swords, them seeing a the body, and then just stabbing each other. Because they don't know what's going on. It's they Just confusion. They just start killing each other. because they brought some jugs and they lit a candle. But the, but the jug and the candle were significant because the enemy knew who they were. And who they were was significant because God was with them. And I'm ending on these last couple of verses. Chapter 8. He defeats the enemy and the Bible says that he starts to chase them. He, ch- he, he starts to chase them and he's getting exhausted. And in chapter 8 from verse 5 to 7, I'm not going to read it because of time. But the Bible says that he comes to a town and he says... And he names two kings who, who, are, who are leading a garrison or, or, or who are leading an army. And he says to the people in that town, please give us loaves of bread to the people who follow me, for they are exhausted and I am pursuing after Ziba and Zalmunna, the kings of Midian. And the officials of Sukkoth, which is the village where they were, said, are the hands of Zuba and Zalmunna already in your hand? Basically mocking them. Then Gideon, boy, just goes on a mad one and says, listen, you're not going to give me bread. By the time where, when I take them out, I'm going to come back here and skin you. <laughs> I can't really suck. <laughs> this, this is that same dude from verse uh, 14. He said, I'm going to come back and take thorns and skin you alive.
3: Wow.
0: Not only am I going to skin you, I'm going to come here and I'm going to break the altar that's in your seat. Yeah. Because you want to give me bread. This is the same dude, guys. And I want us to understand that when we begin to walk in our God-given name, when we begin to walk in our God-given calling, when we begin to walk in, as I like to say, in the volume of the book that was written about us, when we begin to walk in that, I feel that, when we begin to walk in the volume of the book that has been written about us, not everyone will see it. Not everyone will see it. Not everyone's going to back it. Not everyone's going to resource it. They're like, but you're saying that they're in your hands, but are they in your hands? Because I can't see them. I need to understand that. Gideon is saying prophetically they are in my hands, but the people in the villages can't see them. They can't see those two princes in their hands. So they're like, are they really in your hands? This is why we have to be so confident in what the Lord tells us. So confident in what we know and we hear from him. Because not everyone will see what we see. And not everyone will know what we know. And the Bible says that they capture uh, 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 the uh, two princes. They capture the two princes, guys. They capture them. And their, their names are Zuba and Zalmuna. Do you guys want to know what their names mean?
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, 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 no. Do you actually want to know
3: <laughs>
0: the names of the captains which are leading the charge against Gideon? Yeah. Yes.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Do you want to know? Yes.
3: Yeah, wow. Bring it.
0: Both of their names mean deprived of protection. Hey, You're taking a mick.
3: Oh,
0: Both of their names mean they are deprived of protection. God he just wants to give the <laughs> enemy into our hands. The enemy is deprived of protection. Oh, God, I feel this girl. He's deprived of protection. We're not... The people leading the enemy, leading the attacks, the Bible says that their names, their names literally mean deprived of protection, which means they're just open. There's nothing, there's nothing that can stop them from getting mashed up. And guys, when the Lord is with us and when he's telling us to do something, yeah, who he's telling us to go against, they are deprived of protection.
3: Yeah.
0: But here it is. We still have to fight that battle though. We, we still have to go against the enemy.
3: Yeah.
0: He has no covering. He has no protection. But we still need to deal with it.
3: Yeah.
0: And lastly, this is my favourite verse out of the whole story.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's verse 20 to 21. So Gideon and his company, they have captured the ones who have no protection. They've captured them. And he's like, mm. as the Lord lives, if he had saved them, I would not kill you. So he's speaking about his brethren and, and he's talking to the kids like, I, I, I would have allowed you if you didn't hurt my people. But I need to I need to kill you now. So he turns to his... Wait, who is he? He says to Jephthah, he he says to his son, rise and kill them. But the Bible says that he was too afraid to kill them. His son was too afraid. And this is what the enemy says. Gideon, rise yourself and fall upon us. For as the man is, so is his strength. As the man is, so is his strength. Who we believe we are will determine what we believe we are capable of doing. As the man is. Yeah, yes, Maria. As the man is, so is his strength. Who do you think you are? who do you believe God has told you that you are? Because if you believe what the Lord has told you to do, then we will go in that same strength. And, and I really want us to understand, this is, this, this is the enemy saying this to Gideon. As the man is. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Rise and kill yourself. For, yeah, for as the man is, so is his strength. God really, God wants us to know who we are so much. He wants us to walk in the strength of the name he's given us. He, he wants us to walk in the, in the authority of the name of Christ that he's given us. And as I read this story, I thought to myself, you know what, Gideon, man, you're, you're kind of whack, in a sense. In some aspects, because you kept doubting, and in my head, I was like, Man, why do you keep doubting, man? I was like, God, like, why do you keep doubting? Like, how much stuff does the Lord need to do? And I was, and, and, I, and I found myself thinking, Come on, Gideon, man. But then I realized that in the book of Hebrews 32, sorry. The, the, the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 32. Gideon is named as a man of faith. I really, I want you, I, want, I need us to grab this today. Gideon, his doubt is not recorded. What is recorded in heaven is what he did in faith. What he did for the Lord in faith, that is what is recorded of him. So to, so to me, I'm like, oh man, why did you do, why did you doubt? But the Lord isn't recording that. He's recording what he did in faith.
3: Yeah.
0: He's recording what we do in faith. Mm. And I started to think, God, you know what? This, 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 this series is all about the small thing. And there were so many small things. There was the, there was the pulling down of the idol which started the war. There was the him doing uh, 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 something when he was shook, which started the war. There were so many small things. And when I looked at it, the smallest thing which we take for granted, which I want to encourage us, is that the Lord was with him. That is the small thing that I want to highlight today. I, I don't want to highlight the story. I want to highlight that the Lord was with him. Three times the Lord, he reminds him, the Lord is with him. Mm. That is the small thing, guys. Sometimes we say, you know what, the the Lord's with you. That is a major thing. Mm. Which seems so small. Oh yeah, the Lord's with you, Daniel. Oh yeah, cheers, bro. Mm -hmm. Oh, Hannah, he's with you though. Oh yeah, safe, bro. No, the Lord is with you. Because when the Lord is with you, you are resourced. Yeah, yeah, and I, and, I, and I want to end with this, guys. Here, and yeah, this is what the Lord said to me yesterday heroes are not born, they are called. I really want to, I want you to hear this guy heroes are not born, they are called. The Lord's calling you into heroism, the Lord's calling you to do great things in his name. But number one, we but the one defining factor is that he's with us. He's with us. He's with us. Guys, even if you're shook, just know he's with you. There's been times I've prayed and I was shook and I had to confront the enemy and I was shook. But, But guys, I confronted him and I dealt with that demon. I need you to understand that. I dealt with that spirit. Freddie, I see you laughing, bro. There were times where I was shook, shook in the night, and the enemy came in. And I remember those nights. I remember those nights so vividly when the Lord gave me victory.
3: Yeah.
0: Even in my shookness.
3: Yeah.
0: And even in, my, and in that, I then grew in my boldness and in my understanding of who I was.
3: <laughs>
0: Guys, just get it done, man. There's idols we need to pull down there's things he told you to do and you're still waiting to feel grave. just get it done if you have to do it in the night then do it in the night just do whatever he's telling you to do because he's with you the small thing is that the Lord is with you that's the small thing that's the small thing Gideon needed to know that that the Lord was with him once he understood that he was able to do loads of things